Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Surfacing the Meaning in the Story, a podcast produced by the Mental Health Association of Westchester. I'm Jenna, your host, and as always, joined by Dustin, our producer. So today we are bringing you another special episode as part of our Mental Health Month series on thriving and tools to thrive for our mental health. And we are so lucky to be joined today by Dwayne Mays, who is the program director of our recovery network and peer training programs. And he just has a, uh, I mean, so much to say, such an amazing story of hope and resilience. And I know he's only going to get to talk to us about a piece of it today, but you are going to leave this interview wanting to go find out more about him and, and hear more. So we'll make sure that we provide some links and things for you to do that. So welcome, Dwayne, welcome. Thank you, Jenna. Thanks, Dustin. All right, let's get into it. We always say that before we get started. So I'd love, Dwayne, if you could just start by sharing a little bit about you and help our audience get to know who you are. Well, I've been in the peer industry in, of, the, of mental health and behavioral health for at least the past 35 years. And most of my focus has been um, as a peer advocate and helping individuals um, understand the power of peer support. Now, that being said, what I've discovered is that emotional distress can come from many different places, not necessarily from an access one diagnosis, but more of a response to just everyday stressors and having the ability to have healthy coping skills has been instrumental in my own recovery journey. And very recently, I've been challenged with some physical illnesses, which have really highlighted how important it is to maintain um, self-care and resilience, no matter what's happening. And that's such an important point and one in which I feel like we've come a long way in the last year for people to understand this is not just something that happens to some people or, you know, that there aren't, that we're not all susceptible, right? Because this has been a really challenging year. And so people maybe who never experienced any kind of emotional distress, as you said, really got a feel for what that's like this year. And so I think we've come a long way in this, in this last year, one little silver lining of the pandemic and people really understanding mental health in a different way through their own personal experience. I absolutely agree. Um, as a, so, as a society, we've really been challenged to take a look at how we define uh, behavioral health issues and emotional distress through a different lens. 
And mm -hmm. I, I'd like to talk a little bit about what that has meant for me personally. Yes, please. Thank you. So my most recent um, recovery process began uh, around four years ago when um, I started having physical symptoms of what I thought was the flu, incessant coughing, um, loss of appetite, uh, weight loss. And I really thought, you know, oh, it's no big deal. You know, it'll pass. Well, one of my colleagues suggested that I go see a doctor. And she is so wise to have recommended that because I discovered that I was actually suffering from late stage lung cancer. I remember that. And that just blew me away. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, you got to be kidding. So I went straight into survival mode, if you will. You know, sure. let's deal with this. And uh, I, I went through um, a, a year-long treatment of chemotherapy and radiation therapy because uh, my particular cancer was inoperable. And, you know, I, w I kind of felt like a, a cartoon character who was saying, I'm too angry to be scared right now. So let me just deal with this. Okay, yeah. And, and that's where my focus was. Well, I went through that year of treatment with chemotherapy and radiation. And I, I went back to work and I was feeling good. Um, I thought, um, you know, my cancer was in remission. And the very next year, it was discovered that the cancer had metastasized to two very significant tumors in my parietal lobe. Mm. That was the very next year when right. this was discovered. And then right. I get hit with, you know, a metastatic condition. Well, one of the tumors was able to be removed surgically. So I had a craniotomy to my parietal lobe, and the other one was treated with um, radiation. Another year of me going through the physical healing process, and as you can imagine, my ability to function was greatly impacted. Um, so I had come up with creative ways to have accommodations and to accept the limitations, physical limitations that I was experiencing. So that was two years of treatment. And once again, I returned to work. I thought I've really missed two bullets here. You know, one was the cancer. The other was the craniotomy following as a uh, result of the metastasis. Right. And then it was discovered the very next year that I was suffering from post-radiation necrosis. <laughs> and I'm like, when does the hurting stop? I you know, I know. <laughs> it's just one thing after another. And what you may be hearing now is the aphasia, which is one of the uh, symptoms 
of the post-radiation necrosis, which I'm still healing from. In the midst of all of this, I really had to check my emotional wellness and make sure, <laughs> you know, that I wasn't getting depressed. I wasn't getting overly anxious. I wasn't lashing out of, you know, being unreasonable. And it helped me really develop a different level of empathy and ability to understand what some people would more organic in illnesses are experiencing on a regular basis. Mm. So it really helped me to be a lot more patient with others and with myself. It taught me how to ask and f receive the help and assistance which I needed, which was a big deal. Cause you know, I was always daddy and you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> the person who everyone comes to, to fix things. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, I would love to, but I just can't, I, I physically cannot do this right now. Right. And accepting those limitations and seeking out the accommodations and support that I needed was critical to me, my recovery process. Yeah. And that's so important, I think, for people to hear because whether it's a physical illness, whether it's um, a mental illness, whether it's a substance use issue, whatever it is, like the ability to recognize what your limitations are in that moment at that time and be able to either figure out what you need or ask for help is so important. And, you know, Jenna, one of the things which was really important was main, maintaining an awareness of how I'm doing at any given time. Yeah. And be, being able to explain to others what it is that I need. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example. Okay. One of the roles that I have at MHA, which I really love, is new hire orientation. Right. It's an hour-long session where there's a lot of reading involved. And during this time, I have asked the new hires to please be patient with me. I explain what I've experienced neurologically. Mm -hmm. And I ask them to do all the reading. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, I, I already know that I, I will fatigue rather quickly. And, you know, I just need some help. Right. And everyone has been so kind and so willing to help and assist me. The, it's amazing how much people want to help. I think, you know, like we're always so hesitant to ask because it's like, oh, I don't want to impose on someone or I don't want someone to see me as less than or but actually really people feel good when they can they feel like they can be helpful. And, you know, especially when it's not like you're asking for that much. But <laughs> um, and, I think in general, people want to do that. And, you know, it even has crossed over into, you know, other areas of my life, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, you know, I do take care of my lawn and, and garden and just being able to 
get gasoline to fill up a gas can has been a huge challenge because I have limited use of my right hand, which is my dominant hand. And I've actually had to ask, you know, the guy filling up his car next to me, could you please just unscrew this gas can for me so mm-hmm. I can fill this up? You know, and I, I explain why I need the assistance. Mm-hmm. And everyone just has been so helpful, so understanding. And, mm-hmm. you know, we even joke about it, that opening up a gas can is difficult, even if you have two good hands. <laughs> That's kind of true. I know. They get on there pretty tight. <laughs> you know, but understanding that everyone is dealing with some kind of challenge mm-hmm. has been really helpful. And even though some challenges may be considered more severe for certain individuals, the underlying challenge is to help everyone develop the coping skills, provide them with the assistance that they need in order to continue to function and really promote health and wellness, you know, universally. And and that's what I'd like to think everyone Um, especially at MHA, we are committed to do. Mm -hmm. And just in general, you know, being kind to one another because everyone is dealing with something. Uh, Amen to that. Yeah, that is true. And we don't always see it either. Exactly. Uh, Until um, I started speaking and um, I, I, I hear the aphasia more than anyone else because I know what my, um, I'm going to use the term baseline of mm-hmm. eloquence and speech was, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm slowly getting back there, but I, I still feel the difference. Yeah. But unless I really spoke on it, no one would tell what I'm physically going through. Yeah, they wouldn't know. That's right. To just take a look at you. And yeah, so I think that and that's so true, too, for a lot of the people who um, who we're working with as well, that, you know, you can't necessarily see depression. You might see signs of it, um, but you can't see it. You can't necessarily see psychosis from looking at someone, you know, all of this. Like we may see outward signs of it or even outward signs of a reaction to really terrible circumstances that someone could be in and. I just was thinking as you were sharing, you had to really be on top of and checking your emotions throughout this time of, okay, I have to make sure I'm not getting depressed or lashing out or feeling too anxious. And I thought, gosh, well, any one of those things would have been reasonable given everything that you were going through. But at the same time, I know what you mean. You were checking to make sure, not that you weren't experiencing emotion, but that you weren't getting to a place where that then became a compounding issue for you. But you had already had that skill. You had already developed that skill through your experiences prior to this. So I'm, I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about how you had already built some of those resilient skills through your past experiences and how they came into play to really help you during, during this challenge and really season of challenge. You know, the, the, that's a really good point, Jenna. Um, I have had a a rather traumatic, um, even early childhood. 
And you know, my ACE score, adverse childhood experience score, is probably off the chart. <laughs> so I've been accustomed, you know, to dealing with really severe, you know, situations throughout my lifetime, which has caused me to develop um, a resiliency and an ability to cope and to use all of the resources at my disposal. And it's just a testament of, like we're talking about today, the resiliency of, of humanity, mm -hmm. that we are actually capable of overcoming very severe traumas and you know very challenging situations. I have experienced everything from um, physical child abuse uh, to family separation, uh, substance use, um, and all of these different experiences have helped me to develop this ability to, I'm going to use the term, thrive despite mm -hmm. the challenges. And that's the same expectation that I give to the team that I work with and to the program participants which come to us. And it's really good for me to have that kind of lived experience because I'm able to share when and how uh, it's appropriate what I have experienced and how I've been able, able to overcome many of the emotional and even practical challenges that, you know, some people are experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's such power in that. And we've seen it time and time again through all of these interviews too, in different ways and through different experiences, how it was that adversity, whatever it was that really propelled the person into, uh, you know, a, a deeper sense of meaning in life and, you know, how that, and everybody took it in a, in a different direction. It wasn't like the outcome was always the same. And it certainly wasn't that that individual didn't experience distress through it. And we're always highlighting that too. We're not trying to say that, oh, don't worry. You're, this is really terrible what you're going through before, but you know, come on, shake it off. Look, you can be resilient. Look, you can get here. We're not saying this is a process that happens immediately, but we want to give people the hope that it is possible and available to anyone. And it does take time. Yeah. And that's where I am right now. I, I had a, a discussion with one of my neurologists and I'm, you know, at first, I was like, well, when am I going to be cured? When am I going to be well again? Mm -hmm. And then I had to put a reality check. I'm like, wait a minute. It took me all these years to grow the actual nerves that I have. <laughs> yeah. So let That's me right. give myself a little bit of time to grow new ones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's, right. it's, it's a process. And as long as I continue, you know, to use the supports which are available, um, I do see um, a, a very positive outcome. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. I have had some setbacks, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm continuing to move forward 
despite, you know, the things that happen. Yeah, there's a lot of parallel there, too, between this, what you're going through currently and what you have in the past as well, right? It wasn't a linear process either either time. And there's good days, there's bad days, there's maybe good weeks, bad weeks. And that change happens not in like a straight line, but kind of a, a squiggly exactly. <laughs> of back and forth. Yeah. As long as the intent is to recover and the energy which we put behind our actions is leading to um, more positive outcomes and, and that recovery process. Yeah. One of the things that we've talked a lot about too, is how oftentimes building resilience happens in community and not something that we have to be responsible for doing on our own and why having all these peer support programs and things are so valuable because not everyone has it in their natural environment. You know, not everyone has a family they can connect with or friends or neighbors or whatever it might be. So, but we know how important it is. And especially to connect with someone who can relate to your experience and not try to make it something different than what it is, who will just listen. Very important. And sometimes that's all individuals are really asking for just to be heard. They're not asking for advice. They're not mm-hmm. asking for suggestions. They're not asking for anything except hear me. Yes. Just just listen. Let me get this out. And then, you know, if I choose, maybe we can have a different conversation. But right now, this is how I'm feeling. And it, it's good to have someone who is just willing to sit in that moment with you so you can get through it. Right. Do you remember when you learned that? I'm still learning that. (laughs) It takes practice. Yeah. You know, being confident enough to to say, this is what I I need right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just want to back up a little little bit. Sure. Um, My wife is a registered nurse. And she's worked with patients who have not had the best um, experiences with chemotherapy and radiation. And she was really against me going through, you know, traditional medical treatment. Hmm, Interesting. (laughs) So we compromised. I said, honey, I tell you what, let's do the radiation and the chemo and let's talk with the doctors of adding more holistic and natural cures. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a bunch of teas and Mm -hmm. uh, herbal supplements and all kinds of, you know, holistic things, which the doctor said, well, it's not going to hurt. You know, they may not have the evidence that it will do anything positive, but as long as, as it doesn't hurt, they were good with it. Right. So, we compromised <laughs> and, and it worked very well. Yeah. That good old Western medicine, right? <laughs> We're learning though. We're learning. <laughs> but my point is everyone has to have the opportunity to define what works for them. Yeah. You know, it's not a cookie cutter approach and everyone's different mm-hmm. and having that individualized support and someone's just 
you know, to throw ideas around with has been incredibly important. I know. You, you learn and soak up from every single thing you experience, I can tell. <laughs> well, this is how I keep going. Yeah. Well, I know. And you're just, you're one of those people too, who just seems to, because you have learned so much from each of your experiences, you're someone who I think people can come to and say, I have this going on, or what do you think about that? And really trust. And I've said this to you so many times that you're going to get the most thoughtful and honest response to that question. And you can really feel confident in, in that. And because also I think you would also say, you know what? I don't know <laughs> in this circumstance. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, main, maintaining a positive attitude has really helped. I, in, in, through all of this, I still have this sense of humor, which, you know, some people yes. are looking at me like, how can you laugh right now? And I'm, I laugh at myself more than anything else. You know, I'm like, Dwayne, you're really trying to cut your hair right now with only one hand? Really? Is that the <laughs> smartest thing to do these days? <laughs> I'm so glad you're still laughing because I love your smile. <laughs> so in the, you know, kind of circling back to our idea of, of these tools to thrive and focusing on building resilience, besides starting from a place of know that resilience is available to you and you know, have hope in that, where would you tell someone to start who maybe doesn't know where to start? You know, one of the most important things is to remember the um, strengths that you've already developed during your lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm a strong advocate to come from a strengths-based approach rather than a deficit focus. Um, everyone has had some type of trauma in their life, which they've had to deal with, whether it's financial, um, relationship, um, work-related. Everyone has had to deal with some things which they've been challenged to overcome. And I remind people of their strengths, that no matter what they may be experiencing, they have something which they can look back on and say, well, I got through this. I got through that. I'm at 100% of continuing to survive each day. It's true. You and that's what I remind people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's reminiscent of something you shared, Dustin, in your story. You know, you look back and you're like, I managed to make it through that. And it's, it kind of gives you strength moving forward. So it's kind of just like a rolling wave to just keep you going. And I you know I've written down some things because there's like so much to, so much good things to unpack from what you're saying, like to, to be kind to people. Like you don't know how long it took someone to work up the courage to ask for help. And like if you're that first person and to shut them down, you don't know how you know, how far back they'll retreat from that. But it's so nice to, that's a message to put out there, right? Be kind to people when they ask for help. You don't know how far that will go. And, you know, you said it, having a sense of humor, that's like, you know, my biggest thing as well. But I commend you for like how positive you stayed 
through all these last couple of years, I, I know I wouldn't like when you get in that survival mode, you look for like that one thing to just get through it. And then once you're done, you breathe. And then when something else happens, Oh, I, I, I don't, I, yeah, it's amazing that you were able to keep positive through all that and to keep going. That's, that's an amazing, amazing thing to be proud of. You know, one of the things that um, I'm always challenged with is making sure that I present myself as a role model, especially to my my team. And during this pandemic, I've, I've been able to efficiently supervise my team and make sure that the work is still getting done. And I, I remind them, that they know what I've been dealing with physically and emotionally. And if I can show up to work every day on time and be productive, I expect them to do the same. But it has to start with me. That if I wasn't doing, you know, my very best, then I would not have the uh, validity to uh, inspire others. So... I, I use myself as an example to help motivate and, and inspire and, you know, just work with the, those who are under my care. Yeah. And I like how you said it, though, of like doing my best. You know, if I wasn't doing my best, right, it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect or that you're not allowed to have a day where you need time or to ask for accommodations or all those other things that you're modeling that kind of stuff too. So I think that's also just as important. But the point is that in all of that, in every day, what you do, you're giving it your all, whatever your all is that day. Very true. Like you mentioned, I have good days and not so good Mm -hmm. days. And on the not so good days, I take a break. You know, I'm like, I I just can't do it anymore. You know, I I need to rest. And having that ability to be aware of my limitations really helps a great deal. And I provide that same understanding to everyone else who I work with. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Dwayne, before we let you go... Um, will you share with us maybe a song, piece of music, something that has really brought meaning to your experiences or, you know, brings you meaning in the work that you do? One of my favorite pieces is perhaps not as well known in popular culture, but it's by the Japanese um, artist Kitaro. And one of my favorite pieces is the instrumental called Cosmic Love. And it has inspired me so many times. In fact, even when I was getting my craniotomy, the the neurosurgeon asked, what do you want to listen to? And I said, you got to put on some Kitaro. (laughs) Yeah, put on Cosmic Love because subconsciously it'll carry me into a very good place. Wow. Okay. I think we got our podcast title. (laughs) Cosmic love. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to have to go check it out. (laughs) Well, Dwayne, thank you so much for coming and sharing this with us and being a part of the podcast. We always love to talk to you. So this was fun. (laughs) 
Jenna, Dustin, thank you for inviting me and uh, continue your own good work with this podcast series. I'm very impressed and very supportive of what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, Dwayne. We are going to continue. We're, we're loving this. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm honored to be a part of it. And a little, we'll do a little podcast fun fact here. Uh, by happenstance, I happen to be at my old job right now working for the day because I uh, we have some work done in the house. And I'm actually sitting in the office I sat in uh, almost five years ago when I was out of excuses and asked for help. And we put together the plan to go to rehab uh, for me. So I'm actually in my boss's desk for the day. I'm sitting on the opposite side of the table. It's just funny that I'm recording an episode and like I can Mm -hmm. just to think about where I was, you know, Mm -hmm. five years ago. It's, it's, such a difference, but I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of these and to hear people's stories and, uh, you know, loved, loved hearing yours and how you can take away some tools from, from this. Yeah. Full circle moment there, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, until next time, uh, thank you for listening to surfacing with, with us and, uh, you know, continue to talk about mental health. It's mental health month and, Um, everybody can be an advocate. Every night some rain was falling Learn to live and rise above it all As hopeless as it seems Thank you.